ago went, but here I am. I recognize a lot of you from years before. Uh, hey, buddy, what's up? And uh, I want to say to you guys, yes, give me some water. Okay. I, I, be- <laughs> I also belong to that other beverage group. Uh, and uh, what can I tell you? Uh, I'd love to tell you that life is perfect and nothing goes wrong. And uh, so happy, happy as ever. That's not true. Um, I have been uh, in this program for quite a while. I, uh, I never asked to become a compulsive old reader. I, uh, I guess some people want to be doctors and astronauts, and I wanted to become 400 pounds at one point. I said, sounds like a goal to me. Um, and uh, the thing about all of this is that uh, the, more, the, tr- the more I try to get rid of this disease, it just seems the worse it got. And I had family members, thank you, John. I had family members who would uh, encourage me. They really did. You know, if you just lost a little weight, excuse me. And um, you'd be fine. I had a grandmother who, uh, she was very doting and loving guy. I love her, loved her to death. Um, who would say, you know, you might die of a heart attack. I'm always worried about you. But by the way, I got you some donuts. Okay. And she was one of those that could take her leave food. To her, it wasn't a big thing, but she loved, she was a food pusher. So uh, I, I, she showed her love with food. And I, to show her how much I loved her, I ate it all. <laughs> so, so, she, so anyway. Uh, so fast forward, uh, childhood kind of hard, you know, uh, growing up when you're the fattest kid. And uh, going to public f- pools was not the funnest part either as it's a fat kid. Uh, get into teenage years, you lose some of the body fat, you know, and then next thing you know, uh, you find drugs. <laughs> wow, so cool. Yeah, and I said, well, I think I found what I really wanted. And I got into Barb Richardson. This is a good shit. Of course, that's another program, but I don't endorse them. And um, I said, this is great stuff. I found what I really needed. It. And it was really cool because for me, it was a lot easier to get Barb than get alcohol. To get alcohol, we had to get the local wine up to go to the corner store. And we had to get a short dog for him. And if the old guy owned the store, if he was there, he wouldn't sell them. Uh, so that meant that uh, we had to wait for the owner's son to take over. And then we could send the wine to go get our stuff. Forget it. Across the street was the dealer for a dollar. We can get all the garbage we wanted. So it was really cool stuff. Not really. It was a fast, fast, fast road to hell. So moving on from there, um, somehow I understood that alcohol and drugs were a big problem. So stop stop using those uh, by God's grace and then I discovered food again and wow I took off to it like you have no idea I could not stop eating I mean everything tasted delicious everything was really good and everybody was happy that was I wasn't uh, I wasn't drugging or drinking that much uh, or at all uh, but now food became my drug food became my drug and I and I learned <clears throat> perhaps as a child as well uh, to numb my feelings with food I really did. I could not believe that I would get the same effect uh, with food that I got from Bark Richards. It was like amazing. You know, my idea of a Friday night was unplug the phone, you know, close the drapes, order that big extra big pizza and a cork, or of course a big bottle of Diet Coke so it doesn't, <laughs> you don't want too many calories. That'll wash it. You know, if you drink Diet Coke with your food, it just washes down the calories. You don't worry about it. 
and those delusional thinking stuff. Anyway, and uh, I'd rent these stacks of movies. And uh, next thing you know, I'd wake up and there's the snow channel and uh, I don't know what I ate or what I saw. I just passed out. And I loved that sensation. It was great. It was like everything would come to a dead stop. I said, God, I want that. I want that forever. Well, at the same time, getting fatter and fatter. And coming to Overeaters Anonymous and getting bigger and bigger. And going to all the meetings and going working with a sponsor and trying to work the steps and a food plan. And then I said, you know, I think I'll become a freaking vegetarian. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's the key to the whole thing. I'll become a vegetarian. Yeah, well, pasta is not meat. <laughs> that counts. So that's cool. Well, that didn't work. I went over like a lead balloon. And so anyway, um, I continuously was wondering, I said, well, what is it that I got to do? And one loving sponsor, I love her guy, and God bless her, uh, wherever she may be today, Natalie, uh, little Natalie, God bless her. Um, she says, Danny, I'm going to have to let you go. Uh, well, why, Natalie? She says, well, Danny, because you don't want to let go of the food. I said, but you don't understand. I'm reading the material. I'm doing the writing. Uh, uh, yeah, but you don't want to let go of the food. <laughs> well, but I'm, I'm eating three meals a day. I mean, okay, three steers with nothing <laughs> And with nothing in between, you know, because for me, more was better. And I can OD on lettuce as well. So, no, it doesn't matter. It has to reach a certain area of my stomach where it just shuts everything off. That's what I want. And when that happens, life is good. Life is fine. Now, let me go to sleep. Uh, And it becomes a very, very small life. You know, everything's around food. Everything. And uh, like my life at one time, it was all around drugs and alcohol. It was all now all around food. And I did not see how it was killing me. Now, I learned in Overeaters Anonymous that you don't have to die from this disease, but you can learn how to live with this disease. I did not know that. I thought that once I would get to this problem and get my shit together and get the weight off, I would get rid of the disease. It'd be gone. It's still around. <laughs> it's still around. So, this is a spiritual program as well. Uh, I know Peggy's with me somewhere. She's out there where the heck I went. But I'm sure God will take care of her too. My connection with God has changed over the years. Uh, when I first came into the program, I had a lot of old beliefs from his childhood and as a kid. And I had this God that was in, uh, in a cloud with a clipboard. And, oh, he screwed again. You know, oh, my stuff again. Compound that by my grandmother says, you know, you're always going to get punished for the bad things you do. So when I get punished and something go wrong in my life, you know, she would find out saying, you're being punished. Well, okay, so I'm, when am I going to get start getting good? And nothing like that at all happened. Um, the very things that I have feared in life have happened. Go figure that one out. Uh, I always thought that I would be insulated from any type of loss, any type of tragedies. And I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it has happened. Um, The latest one would have been uh, my grandson, uh, Jake. Uh, He was uh, eight years old and he looked just like me, my, my daughter's only son. And one day uh, up in Santa Barbara, I get a text from my son, uh, Danny, my oldest son. He says, Dad, uh, Jake's in the hospital. I said, oh, man, this kid is drunk and he's texting Demes with me. So I text him back, Dan, this is not a good time to text. I'm getting ready to go have fun and blah, blah, blah. He said, no, Jake's got cancer. I said, what? (laughs) And so, and then I called him. I said, explain yourself, son, because this is not a good conversation. And he says to me, Jake has a tumor in his brain. The size of a lemon. 
and they removed it. I said, holy crap. So I'm in Santa Barbara, and this child is at Miller's Children's Hospital in Long Beach. And so I called my daughter. I said, Veronica, that's your dad. I said, what's this I hear about Jake? He says, yeah, dad, it's true. Wow. Well, uh, I immediately talked to some friends. Listen, I, I need to go. I got to go. So took off. And the ironic part about Atlantic Boulevard off of the 405, is it 405? Yeah. Is that my dealer lived around the corner from one of those streets when I used to score dope. <laughs> so you talk about, and my head still said, I wonder if they're still there. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so once an addict, always an addict. So anyway, um, so uh, I went to go see him and I saw my daughter, who I hadn't seen in a while, and she looked so tired, so tired. That she gave me this, I need my daddy look. And I held her in my arms. I said, Veronica, I am so sorry. I'm, uh, but I'm here. I, I, what can I do to help? You know, she says, Dad, just be with me here. So I went and see Jake, and they just removed him. Still under anesthesia. I said, Jake, it's your grandpa. I love you. Touching his hand, his forehead. I love you. I love you. So let me make a long story short. For 18 months, uh, he just kept getting worse and worse. He wasn't going to go into stage four. So the doctor finally told him, uh, told her, said, Listen, take him home, make him comfortable, give him medication until he dies. And my daughter says, Dad, I can't do that. I mean, this is my boy that holds my hand and says, I love you, Mom. I says, I totally agree, sweetheart. I say, you do what you need to do for your son. I back you up 100%. I said that. That does not come from me. So before that, let me backtrack a little bit. Before that, years ago, I spoke in a conference in Westlake somewhere up there, and I asked around the room, what do you want in a higher power? Blah, 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 blah. You know, God, you know, uh, love, forgiveness, you know, all the standard uh, answers that people do, and uh, forgiving. Okay. But one lady said to me, she says, I want my God to be always content and happy with me. And I stood there at the podium, Speechless, I said, Madam, I've never heard that. I want a God to be happy with me always. That's amazing. You know, I, I, I had a God that was always pissed off at me for fucking things up, you know, and... And... Uh, I said, Madam, I said, it's amazing. I never had that. Everything I had had strings attached to it. You know, everything I, I, I saw in God, there was a catch for it. There was a price to pay, you know? If you do this, I'll do this. You know, if you act this, I'll do this. It was a negotiating endeavor. It never worked out. So, um, the time came for Jacob to move. And his parents did the most beautiful thing. They took him home, away from a hospital with people touching him and probing him. And took him home to his bedroom, surrounded by his, uh, his posters, his toys. He was into that Warcraft and Star Wars. And when he was home one week, uh, he saw how bad his grandfather sucked at playing Xbox, Mario Brothers. Very bad at that. And he laughed at that. But I want to tell you something that I told him. Uh, he, he'd come home after the removal of the tumor, and uh, I'm jumping back and forth, I'm sorry, but um, 
And I said, he was kind of upset because he couldn't coordinate his hands coordination. He, half of his side couldn't even, you know, control. And he was pissed off because he was trying to put some stuff together. And I said, Jake, come here. And I put him between my legs as his son. I said, you know, I know you're upset. And uh, that's how it is for now. I said, but you know, I, uh, I, I want you to do something with me. Um, when I was your age, I always wanted to fly. I wanted to be Superman. Um, when you get better, would you like to fly with me in a glider plane up in San Inez, up there where I live? And he says, yeah. I said, you and I, man, it'll be this glider plane and this plastic crystal clear. You can see it. They just let you go. You fly around the valley. You'll be beautiful. He says, yeah. My daughter says, take your sons. Don't take mine. <laughs> and, I looked, and I looked at Jake. I said, Jake, you got time to work on her. You'll be fine. You'll make it. Uh, so the, king, the day came when they decided to take him home. And um, <clears throat> we never got to fly. We never went. And, um, and uh, they took him home, and I had to step away. And my oldest son, Danny, calls his dad. Jake is getting ready to go. The only thing working is hard. Got it. And... Uh, what do I do? So I said, Danny, you tell him everything you want him to know. And he said, when I saw him afterwards, after he'd left us, I said, I told him, Jake, if you see my grandmother, tell her I love her. I miss her so much. You know, um, I don't understand this God that I have, and, and I don't argue with him. I just ask you, you will be done today. I told my my friend Peggy was done with me. It'll all work out, man. So we're late. It'll all work out. So, Overeaters Anonymous, how are you, my life? Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, question and answer? Okay, okay. Here we go. I think that's the question and answer time. What do we got? Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Good morning. Okay, I, I have to remember that my addictions come from a very central place in my brain. And they manifest themselves, whether it's food, alcohol, drugs, sex, all the stuff that's out there. So I have to remember that. So whenever I go to another meeting to subsidize, I hear the obsession, the, the, the craving of the mind. It's there. Whatever my addiction takes form, so I try to work those independently. So these programs, I have double digits abstinence and sobriety in these programs. I, don't, I remember when I was one of the youngest ones in these rooms and I was like, holy crap, so that's what I do. I remember I have a disease and sometimes it'll manifest itself in other areas. I need to do that. It's like a whack-a-mole. You whack here and pops up over here. So that's how I do it. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Good, good point. Thank you. Hi, Peggy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, doll. That's my, that's my partner, Peggy. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, you know, this morning before we took off, you know, I uh, said, so let's say the serenity prayer. And I'll tell you what. She's always been very instrumental in that part. Listen, I, I don't want to say the serenity prayer. And here she's got me saying the serenity prayer. I don't want to say the serenity prayer. But here we are. God, grant me the serenity. You know, and so... 
It's the idea that I can connect with my higher power anytime I want. Remember, I have a higher power that doesn't get pissed off at me. doesn't hold grudges. You know, how do you... How can you put toxicity into that? Really? So, yes, ma'am. Um, thanks. Um, how did you finally come to your absence? You become absent. How you, you get the a gift of uh, abstinence when you get the, uh, the gift of desperation. When you say, hey, you're either going to die from this disease or you're going to live with it. Our disease is very physical. You know, as a drug addict, you would never know unless you see me or take a pee test. You wouldn't know if I'm taking it. As an alcoholic, unless you smell my breath. But this friggin' disease manifests itself, whether it's extreme obesity or anorexia or blowing chunks every 5, 10, 15 minutes, you know, hey, you know, it's there. So, I wanted to live. I said, God, I want to live. I'm going to die. The doctor said, you're on your way, pal. And that's what I think. And so having the hope with the willingness to do action. That's it. So the gift of desperation. You know, if it hurts long enough, you'll, you'll move. Hi. Thank you so much. Um, do you have any um, negative self-talk that continues from previous and now? How do you handle All the time. <laughs> All the time. But you know what? I keep thinking, you know what, God? You're in charge of this day, man. There's nothing I can do to improve it except, like, someone tells me all the time, Dan, be happy unless you have other plans. <laughs> My toxic brain has other plans. But God said, listen, I made you this day. And I was complaining to a buddy of mine who I love very much, uh, Norm. I said, Norm, you know, it's goddamn hot, humid. I fell asleep on uh, Santa Barbara, woke up in a Miami. Humidity. <laughs> and he says, you know, you'll be bitching about the cold soon, right? He says, you know, you got a point. Got a point. So the negative thinking and the positive thinking, they both take the same effort. You just remember which one are you more used to. And in spirituality, you have to get used to being positive. And there's a friend of mine who says to you, what's right with you today, Dad? Oh, shit. Ask me what's wrong. You know, but what's right with you? I say, oh, damn it, I hate those freaking questions. Because I don't know. So yeah, it's just there. It's there. Yeah. What's that? What's the... Yes, sir. What's your concept of God today? My God doesn't get pissed off at me. At me. Uh, the only way I can see God's will is when I look in the rearview mirror and all the tragedies, the things that I scared, was scared of that have happened. He was there all along guiding me this way. Go figure. I'm not into theology. God, although I know all that stuff, I'm not. And God doesn't have grandchildren. Shit. So that means my grandson had his God. My daughter has her God. My sons, I give them the dignity of being adults. And God does not have grandchildren, so I don't need to uh, be there to be their savior. He knows. My children know, since I learned that, what choices and consequences are. You know. And I have one son who's a real knucklehead, just like me. And he's had to learn the choice. And you know what? Today, I love him no matter what. I used to tell him, unless you're sober, I'll love you. No, today I love you no matter what. Although I will be fair with you. Whenever I call my family, I just tell them, hey, listen, I called you to say I love you. And I hang up. I don't ask them, how are you doing? What's going on? Because they'll tell me. And I don't want to know that shit. 
I'm in friggin' Santa Barbara. I don't want to drive like a nut down to Whittier, wherever the hell they may be, to try to solve their friggin' problems as adults. I don't know if I answered your question. But that's basically uh, sorry. Yes, sir. Chris. Hi. Uh, how has your, how has your journey been, um, and this is a question more focused on, on your physical recovery? What was your journey like, and how, how is it, what's it like today living in a normal size body? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because the entitlement factor comes in. All the years of rejection, I'm, in, I'm due all of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So when I lost all the weight, I turned like into a 15-year-old girl shopping. <laughs> I shop, and I was shopping. I hate that, and that was one of the things I hate. I hated to shop for clothes because I knew sooner or later I'm going to get to an area where I can't. Especially getting clothes for Christmas or any of the holidays. When family members would say, "Oh, there were seats in there, just in case you want to exchange it," basically saying it's not going to fit, take it back. You know, I hated that. Give me anything else, but don't give me clothes. So it has been a big change. Uh, sometimes I do wake up thinking, oh my God, I'm huge again, I'm what? And it's just the head. Like my, uh, used to have a nutrition that would tell me, you know, it's in your brain. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yes, it's a disease of the mind. Any other questions? Yes, ma'am. What is your abstinence? My abstinence is three meals with life in between. You know, there's, I'll be, uh, I, I, a few months ago, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, beginning stages of cirrhosis. I said, oh shit, that is not good. I should have gotten that when I was long ago doing drugs and alcohol. And now I'm getting this stuff. And the doctor says, you have a lot of elevations of uh, enzymes. I said, oh my God, I don't need that now. <laughs> you know, cirrhosis, are you serious? You know. And so I had to change the way I eat a lot of fatty foods that I had to cut out of the way, you know, and I cut those out of the way and those, they dropped back down because they were doing a CAT scan at one time. Yeah. But no, so, give me those. Yeah. That's basically it. Other questions? Yes, Pam, hello. Hi. Um, can you talk about um, your, how service has helped your recovery, starting with the service you did on the OA birthday party? 14 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. First of all, I'm like a new car. Once it's driven off the lot, the warranty really drops really quick. <laughs> so, if I did service 14 years ago, good luck. Um, I don't think I understood the question. <laughs> Repeat it again, Pam. You really threw me off. What was that? Hmm. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I was involved in OA, Secretary of Territory Literature, at one point or another, right? And um, and services are important today for me here. But it's really interesting now that I moved up to Santa Barbara. I have never been a, I have never been this much busy in a community as I am up there. It's amazing. I am like involved practically in every friggin' thing that's going on over there. And uh, so, whether it's in program. I had a program on being of service. That's all I do. It, but I believe the time is up. I was told over there. Yeah. Oh, got five minutes. Okay, you had your question. Your uh, sir. Yes. Um, did you find your accidents right away when you came in? No. No. In fact, in 1973, 83, I'm sorry. Uh, dignity of choice is out, and we also had the gray sheet and other sheets. 
And you couldn't speak for the first 21 days unless you were absent. And you were supposed to sit there. And you got a food sponsor, chef sponsor, spiritual sponsor, whatever sponsors there were. And uh, you followed this path. Way in measure. You know, one of the funniest things we were, we had a retreat up at the Hess Kramer years ago, more than 14 years, and the Oe Howe people and the Oe people went there. You could tell the people who were Oe Howe. They there once had the scales and measuring stuff, and they were obsessed over everything they had to wear. And the old ears, like, they were sedate, like heroin addicts, just kicking back, tapping out. It's hysterical to watch that, that, that difference there. You know, I think, like, I heard once someone said, look, I just want to be at peace with everyone, including food. I don't want it to be my reward, and I don't want it to be my punishment anymore. I want to be at peace with it. That would be the answer. Be at peace with food. So, other questions? Yes, sir. How do you work uh, uh, steps with sponsees? Uh, I had a sponsee call me up one day. Apparently, he he lost an important document for a divorce procedure that included uh, his son's uh, uh, guardianship, whatever he was going to do. And uh, he's calling me in the middle of I can't find the knob for my stove. And I can't cook my meal until I find that stupid knob. (laughs) And this jackass wants to know what the problem about his divorce termination. So I said to him, you know, read page 33 of the big book. And I finally found that stupid. So when I saw him again at a meeting, he says, you're a genius, Daniel. I don't know what's on page 33 of the big book. (laughs) I don't know. So, my dad was born in 1930. That's not good to me. So, you know, it's one thing. I, I can't force them to do anything. Plus, I also ask them, what do I have that you want, really? What, what do I have that you want? It's a program of attraction rather than promotion. What do I have? You know, uh, I had a sponsor who would tell me, I'd call and say, hey, you're not going to believe this shit, man. This is going on, this is going on. You know, it's Friday. Why don't you call me on Monday? Well, if I wait on Monday, I'll forget about it. He says, yeah. <laughs> See, I remember too much. The idea, you know, of recovery and this thing called sobriety and having a relationship with God and trusting that my life has been placed ahead of someone's approval, then I'm supposed to be happy unless I have other plans. So... With my sponsors, they come and go. Some are really want to get into it and work the steps and start losing the weight. And then someone says, hey, you know, i got to go. I said, well, go for it. Do the research, man. Do the research. Yeah. I just want to follow up. In other words, obviously, fourth and fifth and eighth and ninth, do you do any kind of a structured work with the steps? Uh, usually, you know, the OA big book or the OA, uh, that one over there, that's, that's great, uh, how to work a... Uh, 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 an inventory, really great. Uh, some of the most beautiful experiences have been when in the fifth step, you know, we see that person actually peel away everything of you know, the shame they've had. And to find out that there's no one on earth that hasn't done or hasn't been done before, wow, that's a big uh, you know, way taken off. So, yeah. In fact, you know, I don't, I don't really, and I'm sorry it's going to sound blasphemous, but I don't believe in the word sponsor because it's not even in the big book working with others, so they were helping me as much as I was helping them. That's how I look at it.
So I'm not an authority. I'm not a guru. I'm just another one of you guys. Man. I'm here. I need to be here because I can't do this alone. If I was a guru, you'd have to follow me. So I'm not. Any other questions? You guys believe everything I told you? Man, you guys are easy. Done? Oh, cool. Okay, I get to go home. <laughs>